Hey, Tom. I'm heading to Walmart, because you know what season it is. Oh, is it pumpkin spice season? Uh, no, it's flu season, and Walmart gives flu shots. Yes, flu season is here, and we've got your back with flu shots where you already shop. Our expert pharmacy team administers each flu shot and can answer your vaccine questions. Stay safe this flu season. Stop by your local Walmart pharmacy and get your flu shot today. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks. Hi, everybody. This is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles Stories of the Supernatural. And I hope you enjoy this new show, whether you're viewing it on the internet or listening to a podcast version of the episode. I do want to thank you for being part of my audience. You can also find links to videos or podcasts on MiamiGhostChronicles.com, as well as where you can submit your story about any eerie experiences you've had, which I would love to hear about. Just go to the Submit Your Story tab. Please subscribe to our channel so that you receive notification of when we release a new show. And find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is where I usually live stream and where I give you a behind-the-scenes look at locations where new episodes are being filmed at. I also tell you about all the interesting guests that will be appearing soon on Stories of the Supernatural. I hope you enjoy the show, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi, everybody. It's Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, Stories of the Supernatural. How is everybody doing today? Good. I'm having a good day, super good day here um, in South Florida, which is where I'm at. Even though we're in September, I see that for people living in other parts of the country, they're starting to feel the fall a little bit. And, you know, I always talk about the weather in Florida because it's, um, it's always hot here. And about the only thing I worry about is that we're still in hurricane season because uh, even though you're not going to see this right now, uh, Hurricane Florence just went into the Carolinas. And believe me, last year we we got Irma. So believe me, everybody here in Florida always had their fingers crossed like, please, no more hurricanes. Even though I hate to see them, but it's like go anywhere else. But God, yeah, that's what you worry about when you live in Florida. But anyway, let me tell you about the guests that I have tonight. Very excited. I have a gentleman by the name of Barry Strom. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Barry. He currently resides in Utah with his Connie, his wife of 51 years. Uh, he's an author. He graduated from Lehigh University with a business management degree and also has a civil engineering license. He is also the owner of Golden Lane Antique Gallery in New Oxford, Pennsylvania, one of the most haunted structures in the country. And uh, what started as a casual interest in paranormal photography became an obsession as he was led along the path of learning about the afterlife and the presence of aliens among us. Uh, the gift of spirit communication allows him to contact spirits of deceased aliens and obtain actual information that has never before appeared in print. And of course, he's assisted in all his sessions by his wife, Connie. 
and uh, <clears throat> has several books, and we'll discuss that as we get into the interview. But of course, you know that the first thing I'm going to ask Barry is, did you have experiences as a kid, Barry? And uh, now I want you to deliver that line of what you told me before we were recording. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. And um, I thought I thought everybody that was taught, that was seeing ghosts was crazy. Okay. <laughs> I love that answer, by the way. I really do. I really, really do because um, people don't understand that we were talking about that. That it's you know lately, yeah. Every because of all these paranormal shows and everything, people are immediately quick to jump on the. Uh, Oh, it's the ghost or whatever. And, you know, before people were, were kind of slower to get there uh, than they are now. Uh, because even back then, I want to say, there was even a little bit of a stigma if somebody was running around going, hey, I've got a ghost in my house or whatever. So from what you're saying, you were one of these that if anybody, you would you would have been one of those that I said, oh, my God, that wacko. He's running around saying that they, they saw a ghost. <laughs> Hey, worse than that, I made fun of them, picked on them. Oh, that's it. (laughs) No, I was what's known as a total, absolute skeptic. Okay. Okay. So you, obviously you have, like when we were talking about that, you, uh, it sounds like you were involved uh, for the major part of your life in the hard sciences and facts, in proof. Uh, In other words, if I can't measure it, touch it, feel it, you know, whatever the case might be. It was like, okay, let's, let's, let's not, doesn't exist. So we're going to then fast forward on, you know, wherever you want to, whatever point you either were introduced into it, even before you had the hard proof or what brought you to that point? Okay. Well, in the beginning, I mean, as I say, I, I worked in heavy construction all my life, uh, Mm -hmm. road construction, aggregate industry. I was the CEO of a stone company, aggregate okay. company, 400-man company for about five years. Uh, absolutely had no understanding or belief in ghosts. And okay. we were, we owned a stone com- uh, stone quarry up here in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And our, we were running our trucking company from a building across the street here in town in New Oxford. Okay. And this big old, big old warehouse was sitting here. And a partner that I had said, well, let's buy the warehouse and convert it into an antique gallery. Okay. Which, which we did in 1989. Uh, we bought it, converted it to an antique gallery. And uh, my one condition was I don't uh, – we'll do the deal as long as I don't have to spend any time there because I don't know a damn thing about antiques and don't want to learn. <laughs> I, I was doing so much other stuff at the time. Okay. So anyway – about five years later, I wind up having to buy him out. So now I own the whole thing by myself. And in those in those days, it was, we had a whole staff and everybody, you know, they ran it and I did my thing. And they would uh, they would tell me about all this stuff that was taking place here in the building. Doors would close, lights would be turned off. You'd hear people walking upstairs after okay. it was locked up. And my comment was, you're either drinking something too strong or smoking. It's one of those two things. So. Right. You've got and a good imagination. I, yeah, I wasn't spending much time there. So about 15 years ago, when the economy started to change, mm-hmm. I started coming back and spending more time at the store. And I'm hearing these stories, and I think, you know, maybe there is a little something here, but I still think they're all crazy. 
Okay. So, so I, I had two people working for me. So they asked me if they could come in and do a little bit of investigation. I should knock yourself out. So these two women work for me. Okay. They have a tape recorder in their pocket, and they they're come, they're they're in the store, and I can hear them walk. They and they're running the recorder, and I can hear them walking up the stairs. And they have a they have a uh, an EMF meter in their hands, the K2. Okay. And, and on the I didn't have any idea what a damn K2 meter was. So anyway, they get to the top of the stairs on the second floor, and all of a sudden you can hear on their recorder the K2 go off. Okay. And they they open the door and they look in, and one of them says, "Oh my God, there she is. She's oh. looking at us and she's smiling at us." And okay. then, and then they they had a camera, and the the one woman says, "May I take your picture?" And on the recorder, you can hear a very very low yes. Whoa. Okay. And then the, the, the spirit moves towards them, and you can hear them scream, run down the steps and out of the building as fast as they can go. <laughs> so anyway, they played this recording for me, and I know these two women, and they're incapable of, you know, this, this something happened. Right. So I have a, had a friend that had a paranormal group. Okay. So I said, how would you like to come in and do an investigation? No one's ever been in the store, you know. So he brings about 20 people in. And we break up into groups of five, and we have a psychic with us. It was very good. So it's my wife, the psychic, and two other people. And we go into the far corner of the store. Okay. And I have all the lights out. It's all pitch dark, and we're, we're sitting there. And, and I have a K2 meter in my hand that they borrowed and gave to me. That's the only piece of equipment at this point I knew about. Okay. So the psychic says, I'm hearing a young girl. And her name is Clarissa. And she wants to show me her pink, she wants to show us her pink doll. So I'm going, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so I got the K2. So I said, okay, Clarissa, if you're really here, make my, come close and let the meter go. And the meter just takes off in my hand and pegs. Okay. I'm going, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty coincidental. Coincidence. Another coincidence. So I'd, been, I'd watched a couple shows, ghost shows. So I said, okay, Clarissa, can you make this thing blink once for yes and twice for no? And it blinks once. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, this is, you know, we're starting to get out there now. So I said, okay, Clarissa, how would you like to show me your pink doll? Because that's what the medium said she wanted to do. And it blinks once for yes. So... We start across the store in the dark. We come to the first aisle. I said, okay, Clarissa, you want me to turn down this aisle? And it blinks twice for no. Come to the next aisle. It's okay. You want to turn here? Blinks twice for no. Come to the third aisle. I said, okay, how about here? It blinks once. Okay. So we turn down the aisle. We go maybe 10, 15 feet. And... The psychic loses contact, I lose contact, and she's gone. So I'm thinking, man, that was some really weird stuff, you know. Uh huh. So anyway, anyway, we go back. About a half an hour later, we're taking the first break. So I had to go and turn the lights on so everybody didn't kill himself in the place. So I turn the lights on, and I'm coming down that same aisle from the opposite direction, and I come to the area 
where we lost track with her. Okay. And I look and I look up, and in the case is a pink doll. Oh. She led us 150 feet and three commands to her pink doll. Wow. I'm thinking, this ain't no coincidence. And I had no idea this doll was in the case at that time. Okay. So anyway, I, I, I bought the doll from the dealer, and we still have it here. And Clarissa's still with us here in the store, and she still plays with the doll. And if I take the doll down, she'll interact with the people that are holding it. So, so was she what attached to that doll then? Is that how it ended well, up? She, she she plays the neighborhood, but that's okay. still her doll. It's not it's not a firm. She moves around in the okay. store. We've had other psychics talk to her and see her, and and she'll communicate with us on the ghost box at times. So and nobody's but, have you ever been able to verify her identity or I mean I well, know sometimes especially if it was a little bit, you know, a few years back you know they didn't not o- not only did we identify her we oh. found her grave in the in the graveyard across the street oh wow what happened? and we went we went into the archive newspapers okay and apparently she was eight years old and she was visiting she lived up in the scranton area in pennsylvania and she came down here in new oxford and was visiting people okay and they and they were cleaning chickens and she fell into the scalding water and it killed her. Oh, my God. That's so horrible. Oh. And uh, so she and two other kid, children from the neighborhood still still play the neighborhood here. Wow. And we commune. But that was my first really hardcore. And in that same investigation, uh-huh. they, uh, one of the members of the, that were there took a picture in the mirror Okay. And they got a picture of one of the best full-bodied apparitions I have ever seen in my life. It looks like a woman standing in that mirror. You can yeah. see her hair, her hair in a bun, her eyes, everything. It's an amazing picture. One of the best app pictures I've ever seen. Do you think is it because I know you mentioned that that the, the location of the store is do you think that you have so many entities there because of they come with the things that are there or is there a reason why they they end up there or are they attracted because oh there's a good reason why they're here we have a portal downstairs oh, okay. in the basement. but we also have we got all kinds of ghosts here okay. uh, since we've learned to communicate with them we have eight people here that worked when it was a shoe factory the building dates oh. back to 1877 wow okay so we have we've got eight people here that worked here when it was a shoe factory that we've that we've talked to, okay. And and when I do radio shows, they'll come in and they'll stand in the room and watch me do the radio show. And you know what I I, I tell you know because everybody sometimes thinks that ghosts are it's just people going back, maybe to whether the where they died or they lived. And I said you know for a lot of people what they do for a living means a lot to them, as oh, far yeah. as that's where they want to be at. No, we ask them. We said why are you here? Why haven't you moved ahead? And the answer was. When we worked here, we were like a big family, right? And we and we just like to come back and be together with everybody. So right. they come and go, but they yeah. come back and they, and they do this, so. right? Yeah, but a lot of people, you know, everybody always equates the job with it. I go, you know what? Not everybody had a bad experience of work. Sometimes they had almost like what you described, like a second family, especially when, yeah. back then that people worked for years and years in the same place with the same people. Uh, and you yeah, you built no, a very close bond with your coworkers. Yeah. And no, it's amazing when we're doing each uh, show. Like I've got two in here right now. Really? 
Yeah. Now, I I never realized that I had psychic abilities. Okay, and that, that that's so, where I was going to go. So here yeah. you are. You have this experience with a little girl and the doll. So I'm thinking that you at this point in your analytical mind were like what you said. You're thinking, okay, what is up here? What was the next event that propelled you down the well, that experience? I've, I've always had an interest in photography. Okay. And I enjoyed doing We did professional photography for a couple of years. So we were only eight miles from the Gettysburg battlefield. Okay. So I started going out onto the battlefield and taking photographs. And I got just absolutely amazing pictures out there. I have pictures of soldiers. I have a picture of a horse, a ghost horse, you know, just, so I, I started getting all these really crazy pictures and the people, some of my friends said, you know, those pictures are so good. You ought to write a book. And I'm also a history nut. Okay. So I wrote my first book. It was called haunting and history of the battle of Gettysburg. And I published 220 ghost pictures in it that I took myself out there. Okay. Wow. And it was over a period of three years. Okay. But all the time that we're doing this, I'm starting to get more accustomed to the, that I do, might have some abilities and that we're getting, okay. you know, we're doing, I'm taking ghost boxes out, for instance, on the battlefield and we're talking to soldiers and we're doing stuff like that. Okay. Well, about two years into my experiences, we get introduced to some people out in Salt Lake City. My home's in Park City, Utah. Okay. And we find out that the, our friends, that their family has been doing board channeling for 40 years. Wow. And that the mother is actually a very famous psychic. Okay. And so one time, they, while we're out there, they invite me to go to a, a board channeling session. And I had absolutely no idea what I was getting into. So I walk into the room, and they have this special board, and it's circular. It's got the letters and numbers in a circle on the outside and has glass on it. Mm -hmm. And instead of a planchette, they're using a shot glass. Okay. And they put lemon oil on it and they would sit on both sides and they'd each put their fingers on their shot glass and this damn glass would fly around. Wow. So anyway, I sit down and then, you know, they start the session and the message comes in. Hello, Barry. We've been waiting for you. <laughs> I went, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, that's like, uh, <laughs> that's, It's going to get wild from here. Yeah. And they proceed to tell me all the stuff that's going on back in Pennsylvania. Things absolutely nobody has any ideas going on. They're telling me the names of the spirits that I'm talking to in the store. Wow. They start to tell me some of my prior life history so that I can understand what's going on. Okay. And, I mean, I'm just, I'm blown away by what, you know, and the stuff that, these people are in Salt Lake, 2,000 miles from the events that were taking place and telling me in detail what I was seeing and talking to back here. So, long story short, I asked them if they would mind teaching me how to do board channeling. Okay. And they start to let me do it and to teach me, and my wife and I start doing it together. And in the beginning, I would be in Pennsylvania here at the store and they would be on Skype in Salt Lake City with the board. Okay. I would ask the questions from 2,000 miles away. Wow. They would answer the questions for me. Wow. And, yeah, there ain't no way I'm, I'm, I'm playing with the board. You know, this is, yeah. this is un undeniable proof of what, what's taking place. 
So working with them out in Salt Lake and a little bit of stuff we're doing ourselves, I wrote my first book, which was called Afterlife, What Really Happens on the Other Side. Okay. And that book told us, I would ask them what it was really like over there, and they would give me all the details. And I started I started working with a psychic here in, in Pennsylvania, and we started doing our own board sessions. Okay. So we started, started using our own information that we were gathering. Um, for instance, in a couple sessions, we had Ulysses Grant come in. Wow. And we did a chapter on him in the Afterlife book. And it's just, they told us about, you know, the realms of heaven, what it was like. Uh, spirits that were earthbound were telling us why they stayed here. Okay. Happens when they move on, how they progress. And they really started to tell me about reincarnation. Okay. Which is something I hadn't really thought a whole lot about. And anyway, we start, we write the second book. Well, as we start to progress in the channeling, that the board channeling we're doing here in Pennsylvania, I started asking a whole bunch of questions about things. Okay. So I started asking about aliens. Okay. I said, you know, it started out one night, the guides are in, and I said, do aliens exist? The answer comes back, of course. You know, <laughs> You're like, like oh, cool. yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows <laughs> it's that. It's like, okay. So, so I start to ask some questions. So one night the guide says, you have a lot of questions on this subject, so I am going to introduce you to a guide that can answer all of your questions because he is one. Oh. And I, I said, is one what? He said, he's an, he was an alien in his past life. I said, well, how is this possible that I'm going to be ta talking to a, an alien spirit? And, he, they, and the guides come back and they say, because aliens and humans have the same soul energy. Wow which is a little hard to comprehend, and I'm sure everybody sure. Hair, hair's on fire right now over this one. Well, you know what? The thing is that we are, you, us humans, we're very kind of, we're the center of the universe kind of mentality. Well, like... we, have, we are mentality, but we are so far from it. Oh, yeah. I believe So, it. So anyway, uh, they tell us that we have the same soul histories, and I want you to think about this fact. Soul energies have been eternal. Okay. You know, since basically since the beginning, your soul, you, your soul energy has been out there. Humans have been on Earth for 250,000 years. So where do you think your soul energy was before humans walked the Earth? Prior to that. On right. other planets. On other planets. So it's, you know, as they, as they put the whole picture together, it started to make so much sense. Because... When 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 Jesus taught of everlasting life, okay, he taught of the everlasting soul energy. That was what he meant. Right. Not that you you know you live one lifetime, your soul goes and it's there That's forever. Right. That was not what he was teaching. That's how it was misinterpreted in in the Gospels as it came forward. So anyway, we're now channeling with an alien full time. So I write my third book. It was called Aliens Among Us Exploring Past and Present. Okay. And our, my alien's name was Moo. Really? And, and he gave us all this information. Uh, he was a blue alien. In life, he stood nine and a half feet. He lived on a planet called Robe, which is on the far side of our Milky Way. And he lived 
942 of our lives, of our years, before he passed. Okay. So that extremely long life, and uh, it's the stuff he told me was amazing. Like we went through the Nazca lines down in Peru. He told me what they stood for, the different shapes in Peru. Now, let uh, me ask you, when, when you were going through this process, Barry, and it sounds like you were, yeah, you started working with all these boards. Were you really thinking, I, I have psychic abilities, or were you just thinking, okay, I just happen to be using an instrument that's allowing me to go there? Did you have, in other words, did you have experiences when you were not using a board? Let's say when you were at home or you saw something? No, no, not at that point. Okay. Not at that point. Uh, I mean, I am now. I mean, now I'm starting to see them and, and the whole trick. Okay. But but at that point, no. And I was actually, re- I was thinking that was a, the, we were working with another psychic. So it would always be her and myself on the board. Okay. And I'm thinking that everything is coming through her. Okay. But actually, it was coming through both of us. Wow. And I, but I didn't understand it at that point of the ball game. So anyway, we did, we write this book about aliens. Then I got the idea since we, we, when we had channeled with Ulysses Grant in the first book, he told us a little bit about the, the, he hinted that there was a lot going on about the Lincoln assassination that we didn't know that he knew. Okay. So I get the idea. Well, it'd be really cool if I start to investigate some of these conspiracies. Okay. So we did things like we asked for the presence of Jack Kennedy. And we channeled Kennedy, and he gave us all the details of this. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by root metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. Assassination. Told us who who killed him, who the other shooters were that were involved, who was behind it. Told us absolutely everything. And he would give us these names and then I would go in and I'd do research. Okay. And and these names would appear on in different conspiracy theories or or different you know as facts would come came out for instance he said that Lyndon Johnson was behind the assassination okay well now there've been books written about the exactly. fact that he was behind exactly um, he said that E Howard Hunt was involved when Hunt dies he did a deathbed confession that he was involved in the in the assassination this, this stuff's all a matter of record, but it's all things that we channel, we channeled information. So we wind up, my next book was called Spirits Speak of Conspiracies and Mysteries. Okay. In that book, we tackled 27 different conspiracies. 
Wow. We did the the Lincoln assassination, Butch Cassidy, uh, just Billy the Kid. Okay. And it's amazing how wrong history is in most of these situations. I believe it. I believe it. I, I know that sometimes history is written by not everybody that's trying to to expose or to write the accurate truth. It's whatever they want to put out there. Yeah, uh, I think the most amazing one was the story of John Wilkes Booth, because I, I, I started to channel that one with the idea of just knowing who was behind the camp, what happened, what took place. Okay. Well, Secretary of War Seward, Seward and the then Vice President Johnson hired the conspirators. Okay. And that was really what I was looking for. But then once they get going on this thing, it turns out that John Wilkes Booth was not killed in Virginia, like the history books say. Okay. Since the Secretary of War, and he planned this thing, that was the reason that one of the bridges was left open that they could even get out of D.C. Okay. Was at, at that guy's command. But they had captured a Confederate captain that resembled John Wilkes Booth. Um. Wow. So that so they off this guy down in Virginia. Okay. And if you go into the archives, there are no photographs of the body of John Wilkes Booth. Wow. They they destroyed all the photography. You know, in those days it was a big deal to photograph dead bodies. Yes. Photography was new. There's no autopsy photographs, there's no pictures of him dead in his casket. Nothing. Okay? Hmm. So anyway, John Wilkes Booth escapes and goes to Kentucky. Okay. Three years later in Kentucky, he marries a woman. And there's a birth certificate on file down there that is signed J.W. Booth three years after he was supposed to die. The son finds out that it's Booth. Booth panics, abandons him, and heads out to Texas. Okay. As far away as he can get. He buys a bar in this town in Texas, and there's a woman in town going to buy a U- is going to marry a U.S. marshal. Well, Booth is afraid that the marshal is going to recognize him when he comes to town, so he panics, heads on further out in the frontier, works as a bartender, uh, becomes pretty much an alcoholic. Okay. It's very sick. So Booth is on his deathbed. So he thinks and does a confession that he's really John Wilkes Booth. Well, the guy lives. He winds up he doesn't die. Now he's got a real problem. Yeah. <laughs> so as part of the story, there was an attorney in Kentucky that had realized that he, he had married this woman. Somehow or other, this attorney finds out about the confession well, Booth takes off, and he goes up to the town of Enid, Oklahoma. Okay. Be- becomes a housekeep, uh, becomes a house painter, and an alcoholic, and in 1903 commits suicide. So he lived what eight? No, thirty almost. He lived a 30, good long life. Consider that's right. So he dies, and I went into the archives, and in the U.S. archives, I found a picture of John Wilkes Booth taken in Enid, Oklahoma. Wow. In his, in his casket. Which and is go, under the name that he had been using while he... Well, 
yeah, he was going under the name of John St. Helens at that time. Okay. So anyway, this attorney in, it gets really cool now. The attorney in Kentucky finds out that Booth really has died. Okay. He goes to Oklahoma and purchases the body and has it mummified. What? Yep. Now, I also have a picture from the archives of, the, of his mummified body. So, the guy takes the mummified body, and he actually displays the, body, the mummified body of John Wilkes Booth at the 1904 World's Fair. As the body of John Wilkes Booth? As the body of John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> now, the, attorney, the, guy that, the guy that owns the body dies. So the wife wants to get rid of it, so she sells it to a carnival. Okay. And for years, the body of John Wilkes Booth is paraded around to carnivals. Okay. In the 1930s, some forensic doctors looked at the body, and they found like 30 similar points to Booth in life. What? Uh, his broken leg, the leg that he broke, everything checked out perfectly on this mummified body. And the body is shown at carnivals. The last time it was seen okay. was in the early 1970s here in Pennsylvania. And then it just disappeared. God it's knows disappeared. where it's at. God knows where it's at. Yes. But it, it could still be out there. Yeah, it could be. But we channeled all that information I channeled and then did the research and backed it up. And did he ever disclose, like, you know, the conspirators or supposedly that got hung, like Mary Surratt and everything? Did he know all along that that was what was going to happen to them, or it was just that? No, no, that was all. That was all. When Lincoln was killed, Johnson became president, and he was he was one of the planners. Okay. So he was behind everything. So he had the conspirators killed within months so they, he wanted to get rid of them the, okay. the living ones. and then some of them went to jail before he gets out he pardons all the ones that were sent to jail and that was part of the deal for them keeping their mouths shut you know what and it's i could never figure out why they went to the lengths of of hanging mary surratt i mean you know or implicating her so heavily especially because back then they didn't like yeah, to. but she knew she knew what she was doing. She 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 knew that they were going to kill them. That that originally they thought they were going to kidnap Lincoln. Okay. And that they had that all set up, and then he didn't go. He his trip was canceled, so they couldn't kidnap him. So then they went ahead with the plan to kill him. But Surratt knew what was going on. She was guilty. Well, you know, and it's not whether she was guilty or not, but the fact that they actually hung her instead of. Well, he wanted to shut her up. Oh, no, no. Now that you're explaining yeah. this, that makes sense yeah. where it's like, no, no loose ends, you know. Last thing oh, I no. need is to, even if she gets a life in prison uh, sentence and then somewhere along the line she starts and somebody actually pays attention to what she's saying. So, yeah, that makes sense why they actually went and executed her uh, instead of giving her, uh, you know, life in prison or something along those lines. And because back then women, they didn't like to execute women. No, she was the first was a woman who was hung by yes. the government. Yes. But that was why he wanted to shut him up right away, which he did. Wow. So wow. that but but we channeled all that information 
and then I could research and put the whole thing together complete with photographs. And, and, and we did that we did that with twenty seven conspiracies in the in my book. Barry, when you were you know, after you would do these channeling, you had all this information, you were doing your research, were you kinda like wigged out every time you're running across all these facts that correlate with the information you had gotten? Oh, it was blowing me away. I mean it was just it was the deeper we got into this Okay. The more spirits we talked to, I mean, and at this point, we were talking to some amazing spirits. We had St. Augustine come through for us. Really? And talk. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll give you a real wow about that. We did a Facebook Live session with St. Augustine a month ago, and okay. I have the video of the session up on my uh, YouTube channel. And... When and I, and I have, I have to ask, when, 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 when they come through, I mean... And let's say, let's say something like St. Augustine, do you do like, who is this? Or when they start identifying themselves and you must, you, do you ask yourself as like, really? I mean, imagine after speaking to an alien, you know, it's, it's, you know, nothing can surprise you, but still that's a very unusual spirit that should come across. Well, well he was kind of, he came through with us from the beginning. Okay. And, and I thought it was a connection with the psychic that I was working with. She was a very strong Catholic lady. Okay. And I thought he was coming through as part of that. <clears throat> but then once we stopped working with her, we realized that he wasn't coming through for her. He was coming through for us. Okay. Because he wanted to give us information. Okay. And and it's, um, I, I'm going to ask because of the time timing on it, since you said this took place about like a month ago, you said? Mm -hmm. Did it have anything to do with the scandal that's going on in the Catholic Church or nothing whatsoever to do with that? We discussed it. Okay. When, when, when we do these Facebook Live sessions, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I know who's coming through for me. Okay. So I'm, I made up like 50 questions for him. Okay. So we started off where he did a message. He gave his message, and then he actually answers around 50 questions for me. Okay. And we did discuss Catholic Church in that interview. Okay. Because I was thinking, wow, I wonder if the timing on this is it coincidental or is it because the Catholic Church is like being rocked by, you know, it's like, I don't know, you know, they're asking for the Pope to step down. It's like, things well, are I've had a, I've had a prediction on my website for three years that he'd be a short term Pope. Really? Yeah. I posted six months before it happened that the last Pope was going to retire. And, you know, it's it's really, you know, um I was, uh, not too long ago, I was um, listening, well, also seeing this, uh, the, the interviews that Art Bell had with uh, Malachi Martin back in the late 90s prior to him dying. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of them, he talks about, you know, what was a lot of corruption and the, especially the problems that they're having with the, uh, you know, molestation of children. And this was back in the late 90s. And, you know, he had left... Rome in the 60s before coming to the United States. So he had, in other words, he had been witness or knew of this for many, many decades oh, before. Yes. And even, oh. you know, and uh, I remember thinking, wow, this this has got to go. This is not just a couple of priests that are, you know, that got in there. This sounds like it's very, very pervasive in the church. Yeah, no, they told us that this pope was aware of what was going on. Yeah, well, that's what it sounds I. I I cannot believe, okay, that something as serious as that, he would not know. Not him, any pope would not know. 
Okay, I can. Yeah, uh, I find that I, that that that's along the lines. You know, when the before CEOs would say, "I had no idea that this was going on in my company." You know that that explanation doesn't work <laughs> anymore. No, <clears throat> no, you got a pretty good idea what's going on in the company. Yeah. Well, exactly, especially something along these lines that I think has been around for quite a long time. Well, they were whistleblowers who were trying to tell him about tell him about it. I mean, the previous popes as well. This is this was not just a new event. Oh no no no! That's why I'm saying I think yeah. that along the along the way, what, what was it? When was the first big scandal? It was what in the early late '90s or the early 2000s when when they had the big giant, the first ones, and then it kind of died away. But if you listen to them, I think you had these isolated incidents, and you know that's when. They would look and they would say, oh, well, what they did was they would move these priests to other parishes, but they never, you know, sanctioned these priests criminally or anything. So, and, and I'm thinking to myself, and that was basically in the last 50 years. I can imagine way before then, you know, you you could not go up against uh, the word of a priest and be believed. So I know it's been going on for quite a while and it's Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean I mean and I know I've heard of a lot of other conspiracies. And by the way, I'm Catholic or, you know, I don't even call myself a cafeteria Catholic. I don't even call myself a Catholic because in truth, I don't practice the religion the way they should and why call yourself something if that's if you don't practice it the way they want. But um yeah. Uh I've heard a lot of things besides the the thing with the children that that leads you to believe that there's a lot of corruption on a lot of levels in the in the church, and um, so here you are. At what point did you realize that you were one of the psychics that was drawing in the spirits that were being channeled? That started about four or five years ago. I started to realize that <clears throat> that we were doing it on our own. Okay, and did you ever have? an experience outside of when you sat down, let's say, to channel or to do a board, um, that, in other words, that you had a spirit try to communicate with you outside the a moment when you were the one that was setting it up? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, okay. I became aware of an awful lot of things. Uh, just, you know, we do a lot of work with prior lives. Okay. And, I mean... I found out that I'd actually fought over Gettysburg. Okay, which makes sense. And and I can take I could take I can take a ghost box out to Gettysburg, and I can talk to the spirits I fought with out there. Okay. And I've done this with I've taken people out. Um, I was a uh, Confederate captain. Okay. That fought at this particular spot, and when I go into that spot, they recognize my soul out there. Okay. <laughs> We've we've been chased out of Union areas because they recognized I was a Confederate. Wow. They threw they they threw a stone at my truck one time, <laughs> and then I got a bunch of wild stories from the from the battle. I mean, I've, I've been to Gettysburg twice myself, uh-huh. and um, <clears throat> it's depend. You know, sometimes it's a little bit more difficult when you know when you got a lot of depending on when you go if you have a lot of people or a lot of field trips going through there and. But sometimes, you know, you, you're, you're able to go to some of these monuments when there's nobody around. And just a feeling about it. Sometimes the only thing I can relate it to is, like, well, watchfulness. You know, like, oh, oh, no, they're all over out there. There's yeah. no, it's, 
it's there's a ton going on. <clears throat> but uh, last fall, I took four people out with me. Okay. And I walk, I took them. Oh, I had a ghost box, and I took them up to the spot where I fought. And I had to get turned on the box. And I said, "You guys recognize me?" And over the ghost box, everybody heard, "Yes, sir, Captain." What? Oh my God. Uh huh. And then I and then I start I commenced to talk to them, and the group heard all these answers and my conversation with the guys that I fought with coming in over the ghost box that they could hear. And let me ask you, Barry, um, what is buying? Are they earthbound? Uh, do they are they there voluntarily because, or is it that they don't understand what happened to them? Why? Do oh you no, they they're. they're there is, I mean, that, that that's a complicated question. Okay. There is actually a channel of the unknowing dead. Okay. That don't that don't know they died, and I wrote a whole chapter on that in my afterlife book. Okay. Because we actually channeled a Confederate captain that was still fighting in the exact spot he was 150 years ago. Okay. <clears throat> so that's a really interesting chapter, but these guys know exactly what's going on. Okay. Um, we went out. We, I, Connie and I went out on Labor Day, or no, just, yeah, on Labor Day, she and I went out. <clears throat> and I went up to, went up to the spot. I always, I always try to check in with them when I'm out there. Okay. And I said, and I'm, I'm, I'm now I'm, I'm communicating in my mind with them now. Okay. So I, I asked them, I said, why are you guys still here? And they said, well, we can't leave because there's still Yankees over there. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, and then one of the guys says to me, he says, says, Captain, you better keep your head down. They're still over there. Right. Their reality so, is the war is still going on. Yeah. So, and I said, when are you guys going to move on? And they said, well, we're probably going to soon do that because if we've been here long enough now. Bear in mind, there's no time on the other side. Right. So it's not, it's not a big deal to them, you know. Yeah. Well, and let's face it, you, you think about, what you were going through as a human being uh, in those moments, I mean, talk about high emotion, fear, excitement, adrenaline. Uh, that's, you know, there's so much emotion charged into the experience, either individually or as a group. Yeah, the, the way I found out about this, we, this, uh, my life has been organized to do this. You know, they, my path is now what I'm doing. Okay. And I'm I'm finally after, you know, after 65, I'm 76, but for 65 years, they waited until I was about 65 to really put me on my path. Okay. But they had this thing all laid out. When we started channeling with the spirits here in the store. Okay. We had we had a spirit here named Jeffrey Silverman that we talked to. First we talked to him on the ghost box, <clears throat> and. Once we started to channel, he came in on the board and he told me about my prior life and that I'd, I'd been a, a confederate. Okay. But when I, was, when I was writing the book, before I knew all this stuff was going on over there, when I was photographing at night for the book, one night I'm out on the battlefield and I'm down at the spot where I fought at, but I hadn't realized it yet. Okay. But I always knew I could get great pictures there, like they posed for me. Okay. So, so this, I'm out there at night by myself with my cameras and I start walking down this wooden path behind the stone wall. And in my head, I hear, don't, don't go. And I stopped. I went back about 50 feet 
and a big tree fell right on the path where I would have been. Oh, my God, Perry. So they actually saved my life out there because I was totally bombed. There was nobody around. It was late at night. Right. In other words, if you would have been hurt, you would have been laying there yeah, under I'd that tree. Not, been, and I have, when I when I lecture on guardian angels, I use the picture of that tree. I went out the next day and took photographs of it. Okay. So anyway, <clears throat> I, you know, I've always been interested in the guardian angel concept. Okay. So we got Jeffrey on the channeling board. And I'm thinking, I wonder if he did, was, is a, was the one that, saved me out there so this was like a month after it happened so i said jeffrey when i was out there was it you that saved my life and the answer on the challenging board comes back no it was the fellows wow it was it was the souls of the spirits that i fought with that were still there that warned me that saw that coming wow so they were still looking out for you Oh, yeah. No, though. And they're, I'm trying to sell the stores here in Pennsylvania so I can go home, back home full time. And okay. uh, they're very, very upset with me. Last, when I was out with the ghost box, one of them called me a quitter over the ghost box because I wanted to go home. <laughs> and he's like, eh, no, 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 no. Yeah. No, they said, don't go. And one yelled quitter over the ghost box because they think I'm deserting them out there. Let me ask you, have they ever come to you in dream time? Uh, no, no, they can come to me in, okay. in, in conscious time. So, no, I explained to him, I said, uh, you know, you're welcome to come home with us and visit. And I said, my time here is not going to be that long in this life. I said, I'll be over there with you guys in a little bit. Don't get, don't get excited. So. And so it sounds like you went from a hardcore skeptic to a very and by this I don't mean you weren't spiritual before but it looks like your spiritual beliefs oh no I'm beyond spiritual now okay I we have now channeled with many of the the holiest of the of the saints okay <clears throat> and my book I have a I have a book at the publisher okay yeah. well in the my book that just came out spirit speak of the universe mm -hmm. there's a chapter on the universality of god Okay. Because, because all of the planets in our galaxy worship the same God we do. All right. So they gave me all the information, a chapter on that, and I have a chapter on universal reincarnation in that book. Uh, when you, the thing with the aliens, um, mm. because you know that lately, well, we've always, you know, for years, this thing with the UFOs and everything, but it seems like it's picking up a little bit more traction since last year when they finally kind of admitted that they were actually investigating, trying to identify these UFOs? Well, Moo told us we would have uh, disclosure before 2020. Really? Whoa. Yeah. <clears throat> I write about it in this, uh, in my universe book. Uh, we actually have a chapter on what's happening down in Antarctica. And there's events down there taking place that are going to lead to disclosure. They won't okay. be able to keep it secret. Right. That's why, I, you know, that there was some people like that, that all of a sudden all this, all these, all this traffic, you know, whereas before, like the only ones that going to Antarctica would be scientists. And now all of a sudden a bunch of people have gone to Antarctica, which you would think, what, what are they doing there? Well, they're trying to calm things down because we have a treaty with the, with the aliens. Um, they're all very friendly. They mean it's absolutely no harm. None of, well, I take it, it sounds like when you say them, is that there, there's more than one type of them? <laughs> We did it again. 
Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. <laughs> I ask in the in in my new book, I have a chapter on alien vehicles. Okay. And they have hundreds of types of vehicles that they use. And in the book, I actually have photographs of an alien drone that followed me one night on the battlefield. Wow. I, I have I have forty frames of a real, honest to God, alien drone following me out there on three different cameras. So it's. It was very real and lasted. It followed me probably for 15 minutes. And was there something significant that happened that night as to why it was it happened? I asked Moo why they did it, and, he, and he was, he's a smart ass, and he said they were ghost hunting. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, yeah, they were along for the ride. <laughs> but anyway, he told me about all these different vehicles. He said they have vehicles from one the size of a baseball to a vehicle the size of the United States. Wow. And I asked him, I said, how many different types are on that huge vehicle? And he said, in excess of over 250 alien types. Okay. And I have seen a real one. And what is their interest with us? They're trying to help us advance. They are, They're okay. They're trying try to help us evolve. If they meant us harm, oh, we no. would be so... We would be so dead. Yeah, yeah. Advanced technology, they could snap their fingers and we'd be gone. And, no, the, they, and, and the reason why they, I ask is I've heard of theories where there's there's more than one and some are friendly and some are not. And sometimes they have their own, you know, like, and some of them are kind of a little bit indifferent about us. You know, they're observing, but they're like, eh. So well, we're, very, we're a very young culture. Yes, that I believe. Um, Moo told us that we have had alien visitation since the time of the dinosaurs, 65 million years ago. Okay. And there have been apparently three different seedings trying to get life on Earth. Okay. And the human form that we're in now is actually the third seeding. Okay. And, and God actually works with the, with the aliens, in many cases, do some of his work. Okay. I mean, it's a, that's a very difficult concept, also. But you no, know, I I woke up. My wife has been abducted. Okay. And we both have a long history with alien with alien interventions, which I never realized until we found out until they gave us the information okay. on it. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> this was an, in other words, this was prior to all these experiences that you had with the spirit communication. Yeah, 20 years ago, we were living in Florida. She okay. drops me off at Lauderdale. Okay. And she, we were living in Palm Beach Gardens at the time. Okay. So, so she, she's on 95 coming back. And 
it's like you snap your finger and she's three exits and 20 miles north of where she last thing she remembers on 95. Wow. And she went to the doctor. The doctor said you fell asleep. Well, you know what falling asleep on 95 does in Florida. No. no. Uh, yeah. No. Forget it. You don't make 20, you do not make 20 miles. No, you don't. You don't. So we so we couldn't figure out what what really took place. And then once we channeling with Moo, he told us what what happened. And he said, you know, that she was abducted. And what they did was they put a shapeshifter in the car with, to drive the car while she was up in the ship. Okay. And she actually has a mark on her forehead that she didn't have before this took place. Wow. So it was, he filled in all the details what took place in that event. And, and when you say seeding, do they just do the act of seeding or do are they using any of their genomes or DNA? As part of the seeding well one of them they tried to create life on earth when we had all the water you know the plant was basically covered mm -hmm. with water at the time so that's why you have the animals in the sea that are mammals the dolphins right that was all an attempt at a seeding but they realized that they weren't going to be able to advance and come out of the water so okay. they so god sets up a new another go at it 250 300,000 years ago and he sets up another species to evolve, and that's the human form that we see today. Okay. As in, when you say seeding, and it is because you know that there, is it because of evolution through primates, or was it primates and then man was seeded as man? Primates, was, man was seeded as man. Okay. And you're right. You understand what I'm at? Okay. Because, mm -hmm. you know, they're always looking for the now, these missing are all link questions or whatever. That I've, asked. I've right. written about all this in one of my various books. Okay. Okay. And are they happy with our progress? Or... Not <laughs> <Surprise>. overly. <laughs> but I did ask him. He said there are other young cultures in the galaxy that are actually more violent than we are. Wow. But, but what Moose said was that through war, people learn compromise. Yeah. Yeah, that, that and, I agree and, with. And, and without the violence, you don't learn the, you're not forced to learn to compromise. And in all of the other, all of the other civilized planets, they get along. They have a treaty. They don't fight. They realize with the great abilities. I mean, they could annihilate themselves. And the concept of self-annihilation led to peace. And hopefully, that's what will happen yeah. with humans. Yeah. And and and. You know, Jesus, he's very clear by saying that that he, they will not, God will not end the human race. It will be up to humans and their free will to do it. I think so. I, I and, and he will also not stop them. Yeah, and which is the exact concept of free will, which is free will That's to right. choose and the consequences that <laughs> come with one, either one action or the other. Yeah, free will and ego are the two things that really that will destroy humans if they are destroyed. Right. And you know what? Sometimes, and I know because, you know, we, I think that sometimes we kind of lose perspective that, yes, we've developed uh, technology like bombs, et cetera, that can wipe out hundreds, thousands of people. But if you look at the history of human beings, we really do value life more now, even though it doesn't seem like it, because once upon a time, 
uh, people, human life wasn't really valued that much. You know. No, one night we asked, we said, why did you allow the, the Holocaust? And the answer was because we wanted you to see ultimate evil so that it never happens again. Right, exactly. Yeah. You see, you got to understand a human lifetime is like a blink in the eye of your soul history. Exactly. We've exactly. lived so many lifetimes out there and some have advanced, some screw it up. <clears throat> you know, there's seven realms and they send the people. You mess it up enough, you go back to the bottom and you got to start over. Right. It's like, it's, it's you know, that that concept of, which is, I agree with, which is that reincarnation is like a school. You know, you figure it out and sometimes you get the lesson and sometimes you don't. And, you know, you're better in some areas than in others. And mm -hmm. um, no, I'm very familiar because since I'm a trained hypnotherapist, I've done a lot of past life regressions. And, well, they... Uh, in, in line with that, they tell us that we all carry our books of life in unused portions of our brain. Yes. And through hypnotherapy is how you access the prior life information. Yes. And I, I've had experience, I've had experiences where, you know, I've had people come to me for regressions and, and they're positive that <sighs> this, either this location or this time period or whatever, they've romanticized it. And I know that I lived and I said, okay, well, you know, after said, but let's ask for what would be the most appropriate thing for you to see now. And I say more than 80% of them, no, as a matter of fact, really more than 90% of them, uh, if they allow themselves, but sometimes the, uh, you get people that are a little bit over analytical, but they go and they experience things and lifetimes that they never ever would have dreamt or thought that they had. Mm -hmm. And the experience is so real <coughs> that that they come out and they're like dumbfounded. They're like, I never, you know, besides that they could be either sex, you know, just locations, placements, lives, experiences that they're like, I've never even, you know, like, I can't even say, oh, I always wanted to. And of course, like I tell them, very few people were ever famous. Most people were very ordinary. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, for lack of a better <clears throat> word, unknowns, you know. They live millions. normal lives. Normal lives. Normal lives, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, it's, everybody it's, wants. Everybody wants to be famous in their prior lives. Right, and but some of them are very surprised um, when you know, they, they, depending whatever the life is, and you know whatever is most appropriate for them. Uh, some of them get right away why they saw that. Some of them they they would contact me later on, and they because they would be and they I, I think I understand why. And one of the things that a lot of my clients said was, you know what, at, at that moment, I didn't get it. I was like, what? And then something would happen concurrently or right after um, they had that session where what that life that they saw had tied in specifically to some type of circumstance that came about mm -hmm. in their lives shortly thereafter. Oh, yeah. In other words, uh, you can't <clears throat> say, okay, you plucked it from your subconscious mind because these were things that happened that they would, I think I understand now why I saw what I saw when I did. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. So yeah, we I, do it. We do a lot of prior life work. We had a, <clears throat> Connie and I do a radio show once a month where we take call-ins for two and a half hours. Okay. We had a guy call in from Arizona and he said, I'd like to know my prior life. We told him, we said, you were born in 1943, died in the Pacific in the war in the Navy. 
The guy goes, oh, my God, that's why I'm afraid of water. <clears throat> and then and then we gave him his name. The guy calls in the next month and says, I just want you to know that I researched that name. And that name died in 1943 in the Pacific. And I even know where the body is buried in Arlington. So this guy has the ability to go to Arlington and see where his prior life body is buried. Man, he must have really talked <laughs> <laughs> talk about it like... Yeah. yeah. And and see, that's good because sometimes people experiences lifetimes that there's, these are people that there's no way to ever validate. They, 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 this was things before either the registration, you know, not because we're so used to everything being documented in present day. But that was maybe in maybe if you were lucky in the last 70, 80, 100 years. But prior to that, records of everything were very sketchy. And even if things were kept, you know, if a church burned down or, you know, a building, city hall burned down, there go your records. So um, a lot of lives. But like you said, something having to do with the military. Absolutely. Yeah, but we nailed it. We gave him the name and everything. He, he must have been. <clears throat> did he understand what... And I take it that when he said that, because is that how he died when he what his boat was sunk or he was in a, what what happened to him? Yeah, he drowned in the Pacific. He drowned and that was there, why, and that was why why he feared water. Wow, wow. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah, you hear about some of these, um, and and the reason why you know that you also bring that up is that. Sometimes I doubt myself if people have fears and phobias and I explain to them fears, you understand why you fear something. Oh, you know, yeah. You might, you know, but the phobia is when you have that fear and you have no prior experience to base it in as to why I have this really like uncontrollable fear of these circumstances. Or in this case, what you were describing that he was afraid of maybe going out in a boat or water or anything like that. No, I was born in Hershey, which is you know, like an hour's drive from Gettysburg. Okay. Pennsylvania. <clears throat> All my life, I was drawn to the Gettysburg battlefield. Okay. As a kid, I wanted my parents to take me out there all the time. Uh, when Connie and I started to date, on one of our first dates, I took her to the battlefield for a date. But I've always been drawn there. And I find out that I fought there. And that's why. Yeah. Yeah, there was, there was something there. Um, and again, like you said, it wasn't only you. It was that you said you were a captain. So... It was an experience that you shared with soldiers that were under you. It, that, that must have been, yeah, like you're, it's a soul understanding that you might not recognize with your conscious mind, but with your subconscious you did. Spiritually you did. Mm -hmm. It's a wild journey. Oh, yeah. Let me ask you, do you think, Barry, that in, and I'm going to use Gettysburg because so many people sometimes go out there to Gettysburg for spirit communication because... It's so famous. Do you think the fact that people do that drawing other spirits that are not necessarily Gettysburg, you know, the soldiers that were killed there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, there's more than get the soldiers there. Okay. Um, there there's Indians out there, Native Americans. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. And I've actually photographed six angels on the battlefield. Really? Yeah. Wow. I have a, I have a picture of an angel lifting the body of a soldier off the battlefield. And I think that's really how their help moved on. I think the angels assist them. Okay. Yeah, They maybe at some point there comes a time where... Yeah, they, the, they help the them God, along. God intervenes to help them move on without... But he sends, I think he sends his angels down to bring them in. Do you think a lot of the... 
that you know I've heard of people saying either they hear like what sounds like the war sounds you know like in other words almost like the oh, full yeah. war do you think that's residual or are they actually still going that's through res- the motions res- no they're still doing it they're still doing it wow yeah I can take go I, I'm taking the ghost box out and and heard the battle commands and and the sounds going on over the ghost box wow Sometimes I always wonder, I said, you know what, I wonder if there's any intelligence or if this is just an imprint into the fabric oh. of that place because it was so heavily laden, charged with no, emotion. Total, they are totally intelligent. They have the same same mentalities they had when they walked. Oh, God. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, that, that uh, no, like I said, I've been there twice, and both times it was like, like I said, especially when nobody was around that, and you just, like, are quiet. You know, you feel it. You feel yourself being watched, but not in a bad way. But, and and by this, I don't mean letting your imagination run away with you, but you you feel it. It's like a watchfulness. Oh, Um, yeah. It's a crazy place. Yeah, and it has its highs and its lows. There's days that you go out there and it's kind of very, like, very nothing. Nothing's happening. And then there's days, and I don't know if it has something to do with either anniversaries or atmospheric conditions or what. It has a lot to do with energy in the air. Okay. The uh, the best photography that I ever did was after a thunder was after thunderstorms. Under a thunderstorm, yes, I've heard of that. Yeah, that, that's conducive. Yeah, there's a lot huge energy there. I mean, they're some of the best pictures I've ever taken were right after thunderstorms. Let me ask you, Barry, have you ever run across any negative entities that you're like, I don't want to have anything to do with you? Um, I've had them in my dreams, but okay. I'm 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 very very well protected. I mean, okay. we start we have a special prayer we use. We had the spirit guides when we give us a prayer of protection to use when we do board channeling. Okay. And we, we always use that prayer before we start. And it's just, uh, we're, we're very, very well protected. We've had attempts, but they've, they've just cut it off. Well, it sounds like you also have a lot of guardians on the other side who watch, who, you know, the traffic we're, as far as. We're spirits. very well protected. Perfect. Okay. Barry, before, Thank you so much for spending this time with me. It has been wonderful. And for my podcast listeners, what is your website address if people wanted to find out more about what you do? Well, we've got a couple websites. One okay. of them is one of them is spiritspredict.com. Okay. And, and our new website is called wordsofgodthenandnow.com. Okay. And, and we're doing that website has got a lot. Of, we have been channeling with the saints. Okay. Uh, we, we actually have a video up on youtube where we channel with the blessed mother really yes wow. it's wonderful wonderful her energy when she comes in you the tears just come down your eyes it's just okay. unbelievable when she comes through for us but we have a uh, i have a youtube channel under my name barry strom okay you, go, you can actually go in and watch our channeling videos on there okay, okay. so in other words you, you do like a do you do it live or do yeah you, we okay. do it on facebook live Okay, you do it on so, Facebook Live. Okay. Yeah, I have a, I have a Words of God Then and Now group, and I got about twenty five hundred members. Okay, and and we do a Facebook Live session, and then I download it and put it up on YouTube. Oh, I see what you're but, doing. Okay, but we give all the group members the opportunity to watch this event take place as we're doing it. So there's okay. no there's no question that you know, right. make up your make up your own decision because we're we're hiding nothing. We're doing it live. And on Wednesday night, we're going to do a channeling session live with Jesus on the on the Facebook. Wow. We have three sessions with him up on on YouTube now. 
but he's requested to come back. He has a message for everybody. Okay. And I have about 50 more questions for him. <laughs> but, said, let me ask Barry, because it sounds like, you know, he, <clears throat> like you said, you've, you've spoken with human spirits, uh, extraterrestrials, saints, uh, divine spirits, ang angelic beings. Is there something, and, and the reason why I'm asking this is that everybody thinks that the moment that they're living in is the moment, you know, like, and then that moment comes and goes. Is there something pivotal that's going to happen for us humans in the next no. few years? No. No, okay. That's <laughs> no, it's just, it's gonna be It's going to be evolution. It's, it's going to okay. take place. No, okay. there's, there, there's, he has told us that there's going to be a time of grief for our country coming up very shortly. Okay. And he will not tell me what it is because it's it, it'll affect he, they will never tell us anything that will affect the karma. Okay. People's karma. They'll never change that. Or the karma of our country. Our country has a karma as well. Right. <clears throat> so it's uh, no, okay. I have a my sixth book is currently at the publishers. Okay. And the title of that is Spirit Speak, Channeling the Life of Jesus. Okay. He has told us what it took place in the missing twenty eight years of his life. Between childhood and when he started and we, preaching, beginning, and, beginning his ministry, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because that's always been a big mystery. That's always, like you said, there's always been that gap. Not to me anymore. Not to you, as far as you know, childhood and him, you know, being a young rabbi and you know. Uh, not really. Know. Okay. He wasn't so, raised Jewish. Okay, so yeah, there's. He always worshipped. He always spoke of the one God. Exactly. Yes. And, and the thing is that sometimes you hear of a lot of different parts of the Bible or different Gospels that were omitted or you're not was, used. At it, con, at, in, when Constantine in 325 selected, mm -hmm. there were over 300 Gospels presented, right. of which 27 were selected. And we actually channeled with Pope Sylvester I, who was the head of the Catholic Church at the, during the Nicaea Conference. Okay. And he told... He gave us all the background in the Gospels that were selected, what Constantine looked for. Right, well, because it, from what I understand, and that, that, that a lot of reference to reincarnation was one of the things that they kind of like said, well, no, we're not putting that in there. Oh, absolutely. And the, one of the main Gospels that was omitted was the secret teachings of Jesus because he spoke of reincarnation. Okay, right. Yeah. And it was accepted. Right, they wanted that. This is your one shot and you better pay attention to us or that's mm. it, you're going to go to hell. Mm -hmm. So that yep. yeah. yeah, the church that, needed the church needed that. So for the fear they had to promote the uh, yeah the yeah. control over their members. Sure, and, and Jesus and taught Jesus taught pure love. Exactly, no fear. No, and if when you the Bible is one of the toughest books to understand with all the parables and everything in mm -hmm. it. Jesus taught to the uneducated and the poor. If exactly. he spoke, if he spoke in those parables, nobody would have understood him. Exactly. He would have thrown exactly. stones at him. And he would have been forgotten. Yeah. Well, he well, spoke. Right. He spoke very simply to the people. Right. Yeah. I mean, the 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 like whether you were a rabbi or somebody that was very knowledgeable about you know well back then let's say the Jews the Torah and everything, but like you said there was the majority of people were very simple people, and even now I mean I mean we know look at movies that's the best way to speak to people is through stories. That's right. Yeah. He, uh, but he spoke very simply. 
Mm-hmm. And he actually, he had more than just the 12 disciples. He had, the largest his group was, he had 45 followers at one point. Okay. So okay. You know, his, makes sense. his life, his life story is absolutely amazing and so believable. It's just right. a wonderful story. The reality of it, you know, instead of that, that, that sometimes that there's too much emphasis on the trying to make him divine as in not, not regular oh, yeah. human he and, basically lived a human life for 28 yeah. years. That was exactly. what he was back for. He was God incarnate. Right. And they, they wanted to experience the suffering of man. And exactly. Most and of what we're doing. Yeah. It's a wonderfully, a wonderful, wonderful, understandable story that he tells. That is okay. And when is that, when is that book due to come out, Barry? In the spring. In the <laughs> spring of next year of 2019? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, we're looking for it sometime in the spring. It's at the publishers. Okay. We've been through the the book's been designed and everything, so it's pretty well through the process. Okay. Well, you know, I'm going to put uh, links uh, to your websites on the credits of the show, and of course, I'm sure everybody can either you know follow you on Facebook or go to your website and uh, as far as the books and you know the what bo- you're doing. Books are, the on, monthly- books are on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. They're all over. So all over the place. Perfect. And and you can buy them off my websites if you want right. an autographed copy. Yeah. And, and that's <clears> what I'm saying that, you know, your, your website is like the jumping off point, you know, for anything that they want to find out about your work. So again, Barry, thank you so very much. It has been absolutely fascinating to speak to you. That yeah, was a lot thank of fun. So, absolutely. And I hope I'll be recontacting you when that book comes out because it sounds like that Let's face it. I mean, um, it sounds like you have very interesting books, but that one that's going to be coming out in the spring. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks. Spring, that is definitely, I would love to talk to you about that. Yes, it will be, it will get some attention when it comes out. Okay, Barry, have a very good evening and thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, guys, hold on. Let's see. So how's everybody doing today? What do you think? I thought it was a wonderful interview. I loved speaking to Barry because he just, how can I say it? It resonates, you know, when uh, somebody um, goes from being what you call the hardcore skeptic, the person that... Um, like he said, dealt only in facts, uh, provable stuff. In other words, the science, and there's nothing against science, but I understand where he was talking about. It was like, if you can't quantify, reproduce it, measure it, touch it, whatever. Um, and he was very honest. He, not only did he disbelieve, he made fun of the believers. You know, he, he thought they were kooks, you know, he was, um, in other words, he had he was totally on the other side of that 
uh, if you want to call it that scale and and this is for those people that think oh you know once you get a certain age you don't change diametrically by the way change the way you think or what you believe by the way I'm not talking about believe as in oh I just figured something out this is if you listen to him he had a soul change as far as his belief systems and spirituality uh, in what not only spirituality but what is the spirit world all right it wasn't like oh yeah now I believe in ghosts no it was like I'm communicating with ghosts I understand the concept of reincarnation I have experienced that you know this human soul and we'll say just soul because it does you know transcends uh, us being as humans in other words it could incarnate in a human being it could incarnate in an extraterrestrial body in another planet uh, another galaxy whatever and I know a lot of people sometimes think God sometimes we have a hard time uh, just managing this lifetime and in this reality because even now you know with uh, in present day with so many advances in technology which I've said it before I personally think stresses us out helps in a lot of ways but it's added on a very thick and detrimental layer of stress for us as human beings and in some cases has disconnected us from other humans which not a good thing so and, and I'm saying and then a lot of people they oh and then on top of it you're now you're gonna say you know what I could have not only did I reincarnate I might have even been at some point inhabited an alien body and God knows what I did or didn't do and and uh, I don't know um, I know that a lot of people uh, the concept of heaven or in other words one lifetime is kind of comforting in the sense of hey you know what um, I want to live this lifetime and that's it and you know you strive for being the best you can and as far as Christians are concerned even if you haven't been the best person if at the end you repent you're still gonna end up in heaven and that's it uh, and I don't know I I kinda like the idea that we have more than one go around because I think that we're not all perfect across the board sometimes you have people that overall are good but in some areas we're not you know you will get people that um, are very protect I'm gonna give you an example uh, could be ruthless with other people but then they're they take care of their families but they're ruthless if, if in other words if you ask their family members or their children they they think their parent is wonderful walks on water provided took care of us you ask somebody who dealt with that person outside of the family and they say that person I'm gonna use a man was an SOB or that person was a bitch or you know that person um, was a ruthless guy and you know and and you say well you know how does that be because human beings are like that sometimes and I think that when you have another go around it's like okay maybe I need to fix the part of try to gain understanding of the part that I missed about you know maybe things that I did or suffering that I inflicted by my action or lack thereof to other human beings
Uh, and let's face it, some people really like flub it hard, you know, which I always wonder what happens with people that are psychopaths that have no remorse or people that are sociopaths. Let's say they're born into really horrible circumstances. They're grown up. They're made, they're made into horrible human beings that then become predators themselves and victimize human beings. And, you know, we always think, okay, uh, this person's going to go to hell and that's where they're going to um, get their just desserts. Especially if, like I say, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of bad human beings that never get justice. When I say justice as in they're never arrested or they never go to jail or they never get their just desserts. You know, and everybody's comfortable, well, they'll get theirs. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I wonder if the the ultimate, and I don't want to think of it as punishment, is even though it, it could equate to that, is if in another lifetime they are placed in circumstances or lifetimes where they are understand too well what it's like to be victimized. Not that I wish that on anybody, because I really don't. But, I mean, there's so many different scenarios that could play in a lifetime uh, to make that person understand, you know, and I'm sure there's going to be people or souls that will understand compassion. And then there might be other souls that'll be, they don't get the compassion part. They just become more ruthless themselves. That's why I'm saying it's good to have more than one go around. Uh, very interesting concept. Your mind goes, you know, like expands and stretches out and feels very uncomfortable trying to get your hands or your arms around this type of reality especially because so much of it is is like okay you know do I believe this is it because I want to comfort myself uh, or people run in the other direction and some people say well that's blasphemy you know if especially if you're hardcore in some type of religious beliefs you know uh, I, I I tend to be uh, I think I want to say more open-minded when it comes to spiritual beliefs and uh, the Im immortality of our souls uh, and yes that we're in this moment in these souls in these lifetimes I think that's designed that way because we are meant to live the moment and survive and work it out and if we had to remember all these prior lifetimes or future lifetimes or all this thing that some a lot of people it would they'd be distracted they'd be like sitting in the room going oh what so I think it's good that we kind of like have to live the moment and make decisions and like he said face the consequences of our free will uh yeah definitely a lot of mysteries out there so anyway guys i hope you like the show i know i love to speak to barry and like uh i said i'll put links to his websites on the credit of the show make sure to check it out if you're one of my true believers please make sure to send me your story you can email it to me whatever the case might be and um you remember i had my last show i said you know i, I received certain questions from people that um that they just they, they they just have a question you know and and sometimes like i said i i I, re, I received current questions that really when it boils down to it where they're asking the same thing and um a lot of people I'm, I'm, we're gonna even though I did a lot of past life regressions uh, and I've gotten questions about that but I'm gonna do one question at a time so uh, 
one of the questions sometimes I ask is as far as when you're a paranormal investigator, what is the true danger of spirits following you home or because a lot of people are sometimes attracted to this work, but they're kind of scared and they're like, is it real? Can, you know, can a spirit follow you home or can they attach to you? And it's like, well, yes and no. If you, okay, I, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. I'm not into provocation because sometimes you really don't know what you're provoking. And sometimes you will take something on that you are not meant to take on provocation not a good idea under any circumstances uh if you're going to go whether you're in a whether you're in a paranormal group or you just with some friends that are going to the men's area or some haunted spot i said this before and i'm going to say it again you know in the moment everybody's thinking oh this is a good time i'll tell you what if you are having some type of problem with your health Okay, even if you're feeling really exhausted, and by this I don't mean tired, I mean let's say you've been running yourself ragged and you're feeling really drained, and or you might be coming down with something, or because sometimes all these things kind of happen all together at the same time that you're by, or you're having a lot of emotional problems as far as maybe something's going on with your family. When I mean problems, I don't mean like, like you know, maybe just you know, when sometimes everything seems to be happening in our lives at once, job. Uh, stuff at home, uh, not enough time, and you're like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. That's the wrong time to do that. I'm going to tell you why. Because sometimes there's just something about even our natural physical defenses that take care of us. And if you ever go to one of these places and you run across a spirit that has bad intentions and is hoping to latch onto somebody, they have a way of tuning into people that are weak physically and you know it's you, it, you know your physical and your spiritual or your auric they're all together and uh in other words it's going to make it easier for that spirit to attach itself to be attracted to pick you or target you and that's the last thing you want so i tell everybody if you're feeling like that skip the cemetery visit you know wait till another time goes without si saying you have a problem with substance abuse drug abuse anything like that not a good idea you know why because I've, I've had this experience uh, practically with clients I've had both as a paranormal investigator and you know uh, the hypnosis where like attracts like and if you're battling any type of substance abuse or any type of addiction you are going to draw in sometimes spirits that want to be next to you because they don't have a human body to experience the rush they used to get when they used to do whatever it was. And let me clarify by this. Yes, everybody, when, every, when you say addiction, everybody thinks of drugs. Yes, that's an addiction, but there's what they call process addictions. What's process addictions? Process addictions are shopping. Uh, gambling these are addictions where you're not actually putting something in your body per se to give you a high but you release certain hormones in your brain that give you that gratification by doing that gambling shoplifting uh, there's a bunch of process 
addictions out there that sometimes don't get that much attention because you don't get arrested for them. You know, you could get arrested, let's say, if they catch you uh, with drugs in your possession or you start doing something crazy or you OD. But there's a lot of other addictions out there that go under the radar that are just as destructive. So when I say addiction, this is what I mean. If you're battling something like this in your life, don't 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 go into the paranormal because what's going to happen is I'm telling you chances are very very high. And by this I mean I don't care if you pray and pray and pray. There's going to be a big giant bullseye on you to pull in spirits that shared some type of addictive personality when they were alive. Why? Because they see you as a weak vessel that they can attach to and somehow or other manipulate you. Maybe not all the time, but let's face it. If you're suffering under addiction, you're already there and they're going to push you uh, to at some point kind of drift in and do what like a temporary possession or they're so into your aura where they experience the gratification of whatever that momentary gratification of whatever that addiction is, whatever it is, whether it's substance or whatever. And because they can't have it, they don't have a human body. They don't have senses. So what's the next best thing? They hitchhike on you. And that's also why a lot of people with addictions sometimes have a really hard time beating their addictions because sometimes they have passengers going on with them that the last thing they want is for you to straighten your life out and drop it. So another another thing, if you, you know, and hopefully you're honest about this. I'm not telling you have to tell anybody, but don't do paranormal work. Don't go to cemetery visits. Uh, don't do any type of channeling or board work like he's talking about because, believe me, there's a lot of discarnates out there that, as a matter of fact, are earthbound because they are still intent on wanting a human body. And they're either scared of going on to the other side and thinking that's going to be a dull place and no fun at all. And or I might get in trouble or judge because I was a crappy human being. And all they're looking for is the fix that they can get from latching on to a human being that was like them. So, but you know, again, the first the first thing I described is something that's temporary. You're feeling down, you're exhausted, emotional trauma, something's going on. Let it go when things even out in your life you then you can do it your prayers of protection whatever you believe in that's fine uh, if you've got something more serious as far as addiction and or mental illness mood disorders my recommendation is that you never dabble in the paranormal never ever even even if even if let's say Let's say you had a mental or mood disorder, you're on meds and things are good for you, or at one point you had some type of, let's say, alcohol abuse, for example, and you've been sober. Perfect. Leave it alone. Even if you've got everything under, do not, do not mess with the paranormal. Okay? Do not. If you've gotten to that point where things are going along in your life and you've conquered and managed and you're going right along, don't don't dabble with the paranormal. I don't you know you your thing is if you want to look at the paranormal shows and see some other people running around and doing it. And that's it. 
because it's not worth the headaches that could come with you being at a certain place uh, and undoing maybe all the progress that you've made in your life. Okay, so, and uh, and again, you know, um, I want to, and this is my, the last example that I'll give. If you are a person who has ever had their boundaries violated, okay, by this I mean as a child, any sexual, physical, mental abuse, um, any type of, and by this, it could have been a one-time thing or it could have been something systematic, something that happened to you more than once over a period of time, okay? Sometimes it's not something that's done to you, but something that you witness. That can be just as traumatic, all right? And, and this is the big and, and you never do the work to put your boundaries back out, okay? In other words, you were victimized some way or another and you are still on that loop of trying to play it out and come out with a good ending, which means you're still playing the victim and you're always looking for a victimizer or predator. Don't absolutely dabble in the paranormal, anything whatsoever having to do with it at all, at all. And even if you do have something that happened to you, whether as a child or as an adult, as a teenager, again, once or more than once, and you go to a therapist, and it's really weird because some people go through the motions of going to seek out therapy, and they say they're all better, but uh, but they're not really. But let's say you're one of these people that did. You did the work. You understood what happened or whatever. Your boundaries are okay. And by this, what I mean by boundaries is that you don't let people, you're not looking to redo or replay that incident with somebody that's like that person. doesn't have to look necessarily like them physically or even be the same sex as that person or that gender. That, But you're trying to re reenact those scenarios. You've done the work. You understood it. And by this, I don't mean it, you turn back to... You know, things can't be undone but you understood that happened to me but I understand what I need to do for the rest of my life so I'm no longer a victim so that means your boundaries are back out and even then even then I would be very careful going into the paranormal the funny thing about that is is that a lot of people who have had that type of trauma, especially younger in life, for some reason, are very highly sensitive or psychic. I don't know if it's because develop is a hypervigilance because, you know, a lot of times there's there's no safety and security with your family of origin. In other words, let's say you're a kid, you know, your parents or your family of origin, they're supposed to keep you safe and secure. And if something's happening to you there, Okay, whether the physical trauma, uh, whether it was a lot of dysfunction, you as a kid, you develop this hypervigilance because this is how you're surviving. You're a kid. Remember, you can't up and leave. You're dependent on whoever you're living with, whoever the adults are that's supposed to be taking care of you, but I might not be taking good care of you to survive because what are you going to do? You're a kid. 
So you develop this hypervigilance to keep yourself safe, maybe your siblings safe, to stay sane, depending on what was going on there. Okay, I've noticed that these people, as they go on later in life, sometimes develop, or I don't want to say maybe, yeah, well, develop sensitivity, psychic abilities, um, a lot of, so it's kind of a weird thing where you're able maybe to communicate easily with the spirit world and they with you but at the same time I would tell you you would have to be really really careful if you want to dabble or go into that work okay even even if you've done the work and you came to terms and you kind of fixed what happened to you and you're ready to move on I would still be very careful I would still be very careful because I don't know what it is about certain dark spirits that they are very cognizant of vulnerabilities that human beings have and it's almost like um you know when something breaks and even though you fix it or you tape it or you nail it it's that's there's always that weak point where at that point that it broke well it's almost the same thing with human beings you know you had that break and you fix it and you look at it it looks fine but there is a weakness there where that was mended and these dark spirits have a way of knowing where that weak point is. And that's where, that's why I'm saying, and every, everybody's different, but again, I would say those are the three examples uppermost that your best bet is if you're really fascinated by the paranormal, you watch shows, you look at books, and maybe goes, maybe on some ghost tours, like a walking ghost tour, which are very removed okay there's no channeling uh there's no attempt to spirit communication uh and that would be it and you would think how boring and or you you really want to do it i'm telling you uh if you understood how what the risks are that you specifically could run and the headaches that could come with it you'd say forget it it's not worth it it's not it's not worth it believe me we've got enough going on in regular life in our regular lives with regular all living human beings that you want to bring on some dead people to torment you and drive you crazy or in some cases even worse and darker things so anyway that's my answer to that question about you know can ghosts follow you home yeah they can follow you home and attach to you and especially if you're vulnerable so anyway guys i hope you like the show subscribe uh to the channel if you're watching me on youtube or if you find me on any of the podcast platforms like spreaker iHeartRadio, stitcher uh itunes you name it i'm there so you get notified whenever i release a show and again i want to thank you so very very much for being part of my audience and for coming back every week and enjoying all this time that we spend with all these wonderful guests which by the way i have a lot of them coming up so take care landscape pros it's time to break new ground on familiar turf Nearly every one of your customers can benefit from drainage or stormwater management. And everything you need to get started can be found at Site One Landscape Supply. From a wide selection of drainage solutions, to must-have resources, to real-world expertise, Site One digs deeper than any other supplier, ensuring you're fully equipped for growth. Visit your nearest Site One branch today to add drainage and let the profits flow.
History shows America rises to every challenge it faces. Every challenge makes us stronger. We're Americans. We find a way. At Kaufman Funeral Home, we give thanks to God for living in the greatest nation on earth. Take comfort in knowing when you need us, we'll be here for you. We'll put your family's needs first. Kaufman Funeral Home and Crematory. Frontier Drive in Stanton. Online at kaufmanfuneralhome.net. Kaufman.